We are starting a new series. It's almost like we do this every month. Uh, we are doing a series called The Four Stages of Belief, and we've kind of been talking about this in our other two series earlier this month, and this is a series where I want you to consider, where are you at? Now, some of you are like, hey, you know, I'm at church, and you are correct. If you're online, you're at home, and you should have come to church, but if you're sick, you shouldn't have come to church, so that's okay. But we've got to figure out not where are we at physically, but we're, this series, we're talking about where are we at spiritually. I know for some of us, like, it, we, it's always a little vague. It's like, okay, well, you know, I believe in Jesus, or I'm, I'm thinking about believing in Jesus, but where, where do I stand? Who here's ever used Google Maps? I'm going to say a lot of us have used Google Maps at some point. It's funny with Google Maps, if you want directions to get somewhere, you have to know where you are, or at least your GPS has to know where you are so that you can be properly guided to your destination. Because if you need directions to Element Church and you're at home and you put in that you're actually at the waterfront target, your directions will be very confusing because they will not give you an accurate path of where you need to go. In order to get anywhere, you have to know where you are. So in this series, we are looking at kind of four defined stages of belief. This series is going to be a little bit more teaching than preaching, but you know I'll get enthused and preach. What, our opportunity in this series is to first figure out and evaluate where we are at spiritually, each one of us individually. So several of these weeks will actually probably be somewhere different than where you are right now. If that's that week and you're like, hey, you know what, I think I'm somewhere else than this spiritually, what you want to do in those weeks is one of two things. If that stage of belief is something you've already gone through, well, then you want to learn more about that so that you can help other people who are in that stage. We call that discipleship, right? You're empowered by Jesus' spirit for his mission, and so in his mission, you're called to be discipling people and to be discipled. Now, if it's ahead of you, well, then that gives you some great goals. You could say, you know what, that's like two stages ahead of where I'm at. But boy, I'd really love to be there. And we're going to be talking about lots of next steps that you can take to get from where you are right now spiritually to wherever Jesus has for you next. Because Jesus always has a next step for you spiritually. So let's take a bullet point look at these four stages of belief. The first one is a seeker, and that's our message today. We're talking about seekers. Seekers are someone who is considering the claims of Jesus that Jesus said he's the son of God, that salvation only comes through him, that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And maybe they're visiting or attending a local church. If that's you today, you're like, hey, maybe, Pastor Eric, I don't know exactly what I believe. Maybe I believe in God, but I don't know about all this stuff with Jesus. And, but I'm here and I want to know more. That, that means you're a seeker. And that's a cool place to be. A seeker takes their next step and becomes this next stage, a new believer when they receive new life through faith in Jesus. So a new believer is someone who has that new life in Christ. They believed in Jesus. They've been born again, and they're beginning to walk this spirit-empowered life for Jesus' mission. The Bible sometimes talks about people who are new believers as babies. Everyone loves babies. Babies are cute. However, babies need to grow up. Babies don't, we don't want babies to stay 
babies. So a new believer actually translates into a new step, which is a growing believer. And they become a growing believer when they can read scripture, pray, and hear from the Holy Spirit for themselves. So when you go from being a baby who someone has to stick a bottle in their mouth and feed them, to someone who can feed themselves through scripture, who can feed themselves through prayer, and can hear the voice of God speaking to them in, in, in a way, then you become a growing believer. And also a growing believer will be consistently connected to church community and serving in some way in the church. Now lastly, and for those of you guys who've been at Element Church a while, this is a word you hear a lot, is a fully surrendered follower of Jesus. A growing believer becomes fully surrendered when Jesus has complete control of their time, their talent, their treasure, and their plans. And that is our goal to be. And even when you're fully surrendered to Jesus, you continue to have next steps to grow because Jesus will continue to challenge you to be consistent and growing in your faith, in your service, in your generosity, and in all the ways that Jesus wants to use you on his mission. So if you're at elementlife.com in the notes today, I actually have a little poll for you. You can tap on that, and I'm asking you this morning, where are you at? Doesn't, it doesn't give me your name. It doesn't tell me anything about you. But if you tap on that in your notes, you can say, hey, Pastor Eric, I'm a seeker. Hey, Pastor Eric, I, I really feel like I'm kind of a new believer. I haven't really grown into that next step. Or I'm a growing believer, but I'm not fully surrendered. So in your notes, you can just submit that real quick and let me know. I'm, I won't see it till after church, but I'm just kind of curious for where you think you're at today. So today, we're talking about seekers. If you're a seeker here at Element Church today, it's a great day to be here because I'm really, I want to address a lot of this to you. I want to talk to you about how even though you're not sure what you believe yet, you can still grow spiritually and take steps toward knowing who Jesus is and having eternal life. And again, if you are past this, you say, hey, you know, I haven't been a seeker in a while. I've been in church a long time. I want you to really pay attention to this stuff today because this gives you different tools that you can use to help people who are at this point in their spiritual journey. We're going to read from the Bible today from the book of Luke in the 19th chapter. You can open up to it. It's in your notes if you're there, or we'll have it on the screens. But we're going to be in Luke 19, verses 1 through 10, a very well-known story about a guy named Zacchaeus. Some of you know the Sunday school song, right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. I was never in Sunday school, uh, but that's something like that. And so it reads like this, as Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, 
today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son or a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So Zacchaeus was a seeker. Zacchaeus was someone who when Jesus came into his town had heard about him and wanted to know what Jesus was all about. Zacchaeus was also short, right? So to see Jesus and the crowds that were gathering around him, he had to put in some effort and climb a tree, kind of a big branchy sort of tree those are, and to where so he could see it, and Jesus calls him out. This is a really fun story, and not just because it ends up being a Sunday school one, but there's a lot of really great little bits about Jesus in here that I really love. And a little bit about Zacchaeus, too. You know, where, where he was at. So we talk about tax collectors, like getting to be tax season, right? Who loves the IRS? Boo. No. So we don't like paying taxes, but most of us are pretty like, yeah, you got to do it. If you don't pay your taxes, please start. Don't go to jail. Tax collectors in ancient Israel were hated. These were Jewish people who the rest of the Jewish people considered to be traitors because they were doing something for the Romans and they hated the Romans who were occupying and oppressing them. So they were collaborating with the Romans and getting rich doing it. So your good Jewish citizen, whoever those Jewish tax collectors were, they hated them. They were dirt. That's why you see throughout Scripture they talk about tax collectors and sinners. So Zacchaeus, it says in verse 3, wanted to see who Jesus was. So he ran ahead and climbed that sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Zacchaeus knows he's hated. He's not just a tax collector. He's like a boss tax collector. He knows people don't like him. So he might think that this rabbi, this Jesus, would hate him too. You think he might have been intimidated or afraid. But I think that most of us hit a point where we realize what we're doing is not working. We talk about being a seeker. We talk about being someone who's, who's on that journey toward, toward Jesus and like trying to figure out what this whole Jesus thing is all about. I think many of us hit that point in our life where we're like, man, this ain't working. This, this is just, this is a mess. I'm in a mess. And so Zacchaeus cl- climbs the tree. Takes a chance. He's like, I just need to see Jesus as he comes through. But then I think this is really beautiful. It says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up to him and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house tonight. Jesus calls out Zacchaeus. Not the other way around. Zacchaeus was seeking, but he didn't, he, didn't speak, he didn't cry out to Jesus. Instead, Jesus calls out to him. If you're a seeker today, or maybe you know someone who's a seeker, but I want you to consider today that when we are seeking, 
and we're on that journey, we find out that Jesus is actually the one seeking us. We're seeking Jesus. We're seeking Jesus. And, and when we are running home to him, just like in the story of the prodigal son, we find out that the father is waiting for us with open arms, that Jesus is seeking us because he loves us. And it's amazing to feel loved, isn't it? To feel wanted. Which just makes me think of another little thing in here about Jesus, where Jesus says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And if you're a seeker today, I want you to know that Jesus is seeking you. That he loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And that he came to seek and save you wherever you are at today. With that in mind, and we're going to do this in every message in this, this next month, I want to give you, if you're a seeker, some next steps. I want to give you some things to do, some homework, if you will. Everyone loves homework. Some next steps to take to help you on your journey. I'm also going to give you some barriers you will face, some obstacles in your path. So the next steps, what are some next steps you can take to grow as a disciple of Jesus? The first one is simple. You should go to church. I'm biased, I know. And you should attend a life group. At Element Church, we say all the time, life groups are the main way we grow as fully surrendered followers of Jesus because we believe that we grow best in community with each other where we have an opportunity not just to hear some guy up here talking, but to interact. And if you're a seeker today or if you know someone who's a seeker, getting them into a life group is so important because it gives them the opportunity to ask questions. And here at Element Church, this is an okay place to ask questions. If maybe you're like, you know what, I don't understand this or I have doubts, that's okay. Because we want to give you a place to where you can voice those and you can hear from people who have been following Jesus for, for 5, 10, 20 years and can say, you know what, I have been where you are and you don't have to go through this alone. And we want to walk alongside you. Attending church in a life group, if you're a seeker, is really great because it lets you voice those questions. Colossians 3.16, a letter a guy named Paul wrote. He wrote this. He said, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. There's so many parts of Scripture, so many little snippets that you see this community of believers in the first century of the church gathering together, admonishing and teaching each other so that they would all grow as fully devoted followers of Jesus. So attend church and life group. That's an important next step. And if you're here today, you're taking that step. Good job. If you want more information about life groups, you can find that at Element Life, or you can ask any of us with a pastor badge on after service, and we'd love to help you with that. The next one, read the Bible. Even if you don't know what you believe yet, it's okay. 
Jesus is an insecure. Pick up the Bible. But I think it's important to say you need to pair this with a life group because you're going to have questions. Because there's things in the Bible that are pretty simple. Then sometimes you open up to a book called Leviticus, which is a book of the law. And they're talking about like sacrificing animals. And you're like, what? Wait, wait, I'm very confused. And there's lots of resources to help you, but a life group's a great one for that. But there's lots of great reading plans. Maybe you could download the Bible app on your phone and find one of those that could help you. There, there's a lot of very of beginner Bible plans. And, but reading the Bible, it lets you encounter what God has been saying to us for thousands of years and the different ways that he's interacted with us as people and, and tried to teach us to be more like him. And so getting into that will help you to learn more about Jesus, especially if you read the Gospels like Mark, which we did a study in last month, or John, where you get to read a lot about Jesus' claims to being God. I, bet I would encourage you in that, because Scripture actually talks about itself, which is fun. Romans 15.4 talks about how for everything that was written in the past, talking about the Old Testament, was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And for many of you, if you're seeking after Jesus, oftentimes that's because we've gotten to a place like we talked about with Zacchaeus, where what we've been doing isn't working for us anymore. And we know that we need more. And what Paul teaches us here in that letter he wrote to the church in Rome is that the scriptures are provided so that we might have hope. And if you're a seeker, that hope could be very important for you. Because I'll tell you what, in every other stage, you're a new believer, you're a growing believer, you're fully surrendered to Jesus, there are still days where you get out of bed and you need hope. Because not everything goes the way you plan or the way you think it will. But the scriptures give us hope. I would also challenge you to try prayer. Give it a shot. If you're wondering what that looks like, you can go to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. It's around where it starts in verse 9. And Jesus actually takes the time to teach you how to pray. So you could read the Bible, and that Bible gives you hope because Jesus gives you the hope of saying, hey, this is how you can pray. Here's an example. Not that we have to read the Lord's Prayer word for word pray it in rope, but saying, hey, Jesus taught us, like, hey, this is different things you can ask God for, and this is different things that you can ask, you can, you can request, you can say, God, this is what you can change in me, and the Lord's Prayer is a great starting place. Because prayer is all about talking to God and interacting with God. Because just like Zacchaeus, Jesus wants to stay in your house. Jesus wants to be present where you are, and he wants to know you and have a relationship with you. And that's what prayer is all about. Lastly, I think this is the best next step if you're a seeker. You can believe and respond to Jesus. I'm going to read this scripture first. This is the same guy, Paul, who wrote that other one. He wrote about Jesus. He says, this is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. 
This is the last next step as a seeker. Once you take this step, you become a new believer. It's when you believe and profess the gospel. That Jesus, the Son of God, fully God, fully man, came to earth. That he came, he lived a sinless life. And then we killed him. We put him on a cross to die. And then Jesus willingly died for us. Taking all of our sin, all of our suffering, death on the cross. Then he rose from the grave, proving he was God once and for all, never dying again, but ascending into heaven. Seated at the right hand of the Father, coming again to judge the living and the dead. That Jesus, if you declare with your mouth that he is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Another word that you hear a lot for that in the church is that you'll be born again. You go from death to life. And next week we'll talk about what happens next. But that's the best next step you can take. But I understand sometimes you have questions. Sometimes you need to go through that process and you can do that here. But even today you can say, Jesus, your Lord, and you will be saved and have new life and eternal life forever. So what are some barriers? What are some barriers that can keep you from your next step if you're a seeker? What if you know a seeker? What are some things that you can look out for as you help them that could keep them from taking the next steps of faith? I think a big one is needing all the answers. Asking questions is okay. Voicing doubts is okay. But understanding that we're talking about faith. And sometimes faith means that we don't get all the answers just because we want them. It's okay to ask the questions, but sometimes God just looks at us and says, wait and see. Hebrews 11.6, another letter in the New Testament, is written to a, a church full of Jewish Christians. And he talks about faith this way. So without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so we talk about asking questions. We talk about believing in Jesus. There is a point where we have to surrender a little bit. We have to let go of fear and, and unanswered questions and say, Jesus, I'm never going to get all the answers, but I believe you are who you say you are and that you can do what you said you can do, which is save me. So I would encourage you, if you're a seeker today, to don't wait till you have all the answers to believe, but instead to ask questions, that's okay. But to realize that faith is a journey, and we keep asking questions. We keep coming to new knowledge of Jesus. And there are often points where we don't have all the answers. Another one, I think this is a big one. This is such a big one that sometimes we hinder our spiritual growth in later stages because we do this too. And it's this trying to fix your problems before you come to Jesus. Trying to fix your problems before you come to Jesus. Jesus is there to forgive you, to give you grace, to wipe the slate clean, because you can't. But many, many times we think, you know what, I'm going to go to church, 
I'm going to believe in Jesus. I'm going to, after I fix my mess, I'm going to come to Jesus after I kick the drug addiction. I'm going to come to Jesus after I patch up my marriage. I'm going to come to Jesus after I deal with that sin problem that I don't want to talk about on the internet. I'm going to come to Jesus after whatever the thing is that you know is that big spiritual thing in your life. And I would encourage you to look at Zacchaeus. Because Zacchaeus, even though he was a hated tax collector, he climbed the tree. And when Jesus said, come down, he came down. And then we see what happens. This is after Zacchaeus encounters Jesus, not before. He says, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Get the order right. Zacchaeus encounters Jesus, and Jesus, through his grace, helps him deal with his mess. And if you're a seeker here today, I want you to know that's a process. There's not a single person here at Element Church who could raise their hand and say, I don't mess up anymore. Not the pastor, not any of our pastors, not anyone who sits. We all make mistakes. We are all on a journey together. That's why our big push this year is that no one fights alone at Element Church. Because you know what? We're all on a journey together. But what makes it better is that we're in community as we do it following Jesus. Don't try to fix your problems before you come to Jesus. Instead, come to Jesus and let him help you. Lastly, and I think this is a, bit a barrier for some, is a tendency, in our, especially in our culture today, to isolate yourself. Isolating yourself will hamper your spiritual growth because following Jesus in Scripture is done in community. And throughout 2,000 years of, of, of Christianity, following Jesus has always been done best in community. We call that community the church. And in Another one of these letters, 1 John, a guy named John writes, but if we walk in the light, as he, talking about Jesus, is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another, talking about community, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. It is assumed when John is writing this letter to a church that they are in fellowship with one another, that they are in community with one another as they follow Jesus, finding new life grace, and hope in him. There is a step you can take today to grow as a disciple of Jesus. If you're a seeker, if you're a new believer, if you're a growing believer, if you're fully surrendered, there's steps that you can be taking, but we have to be intentional about looking for those steps and embracing them. Just as Zacchaeus, when he heard Jesus was coming, Climb the tree. What is your tree to climb today to get closer to Jesus? And so if you're a seeker here today, I would challenge you to keep seeking. Come to church. Get into a life group. Get plugged in. Read scripture. Pray. Or if today God is working in your heart, you could simply say, Jesus, I believe, and be born again. If you're at any other stage today, I want you to consider in your heart who 
could you take this, this knowledge about this, and, and use that to help them? Maybe there's someone at work or at school or in your family who's asking you spiritual questions and that you need to maybe partner with them and say, hey, you know what? I, Jesus just really put it on my heart to just help you and to pray with you and, and to guide you. Is that okay? And to take them through this step, answer their questions, bring them with you to church so that they can encounter Jesus. Would you pray with me?